G'day folks and welcome to Australian UFO Sightings official podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and you're listening to Encounters Down Under. Here we invite guests on the show to tell us about their encounters with aliens and UFOs, where most of our episodes were streamed live from our Facebook page, which gave listeners the opportunity to ask questions to our guests regarding their encounter. If you have had an encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch with us. You can send us a message through our Facebook page, Encounters Down Under, or send us an email at AustralianUFOSightings at Outlook.com.au. Be sure to join us on Facebook and share with your friends and family to help us grow, and hopefully encourage others to come forward with their encounter. If you're an iTunes listener and a fan of the show, why not give us that five-star rating and review, and you could have your review featured on the podcast. But enough of that, let's get into what you've been waiting for. So kick back, relax with your favourite beverage, and enjoy the show. G'day folks and welcome back to another episode of Encounters Down Under. On this episode, Sasha joins us back on the show and is accompanied by her sister Justine as they both relive the strange experiences that their family has been enduring since they were young. So please welcome to the show, Sasha and Justine. Girls, welcome to the show. Sasha and Justine, welcome. Hi Anthony. Thank you. Thanks Anthony. It's absolutely <laughs> great having you on. Um, I love doing these bit of a duo shows because like, you know, it's, it's, oh no, it's it makes it a lot more interesting because you're getting a whole heap of different perspectives coming through on this. And, um, like, you know, obviously you've experienced things together. Um, you've also, um, Sasha's probably, as you were mentioning before, had more of the UFO side of things there. And Justine, you've got a bit more of a connection with maybe the paranormal side there or some sort of strange aspects there. But, um, look, Justine, I want you to go and um, sort of open us up here and sort of tell us about your experiences or even even if you want to go and sort of open up and um, give us your point of view on the, the whole car trip there as you're going along with your family on that uh, your photo yeah yeah well yeah so yeah thanks thanks for having me Anthony pleasure pleasure to be here um and I think it yeah just my experiences really tie back into um a lot of the things that we experienced as a family and I I did listen to the podcast um when my sister Sasha was on a couple of weeks ago and there were quite a few stories that she'd missed or you know I was sitting along just thinking you know yeah it'd be really great to be able to share my point of view and what went on or maybe fill in some details and things like that that she may have missed or things that I remember. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of comes back to uh, we have a very strange family and um, paranormal experiences and, and UFO experiences um, tended to, to kind of follow us around. And, you know, whether that's got some other meaning to it, we'll, we'll never know. But we, we did always used to joke and and say that, you know, we think our mother's an alien and that she's just, you know, calling the people for <laughs> to take her back to her home planet. Um, but I think, you know, as kids growing up with that, we we were kind of, well, I mean, I would like to say that I was at least desensitised to, you know, what would have been an otherwise scary experience. But I think I think Sasha will say otherwise <laughs> and tell, tell us how terrified she was a lot of the time. Um but being the younger sister, I think that, you know, I just kind of grew up a bit more um, adventurous, just maybe a little bit more ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really wasn't scared of anything. So I used to embrace a lot of the um, the experiences that we had. Um, so it was just funny, you know, hearing Sasha's experiences um, and, you know, what her perspective was and then knowing that, you know, I shared that same experience, but my my perception of it or my my perspective was just completely different. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of those stories did come from 
uh, our childhood doing that stretch of road between Adelaide and Wyala in, in South Australia. Um, and I think it's kind of got a reputation for, for being a bit of a hotspot for UFO activity. Um, there is a, um, I believe there is a military base or like an, a military training ground or some type of army facilities or something out there. So sometimes we were a bit sceptical and we're thinking, you know, is this some type of training that they're doing? Is this, you know, a government conspiracy? You know, is this government work um, or is this really, you know, something that is being controlled or coming from forces other than our own? But I think that that kind of ties into, you know, being the whole fact that it is a UFO, it is just an unidentified flying object um, or an unidentified encounter that that we've had is that we just can't pinpoint what it is. Um, so, yeah, going back to, to a lot of Sasha's claims last time, you know, our mother was always very sceptical and she did raise us to be sceptics and to look at things from all angles. Um, but a lot of the time it was also just really fun to, to make sure that we were kind of putting that little alien spin on things and, and having the, the what-ifs as well. Yeah, because she could also just be a witch or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel, like, I feel like that's pretty on point. <laughs> yeah, because look, there's obviously some strange with your family going on here. Like, you know, your, your mother's got some sort of perception there, uh, whether it yeah, be a psychic or, you know, some sort of magic but also has a connection where she's able to, well, I won't say able to, but, you know, has an inter interaction with some sort of alien presence or what, I don't know what you'd want to call them. Like, what do you sort of feel like they are? Do you think they're aliens or they could be something completely different? Well, I love to think that what we've seen has come from somewhere else. I really would like to think that. That's my favourite theory. Uh, what's your theory, Justine? Yeah, I've always felt that there's there is definitely two two kind of categories to the experiences that we've had and I would I would definitely align a lot of it with you know UFO activity and 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 things that we can't explain from perhaps a world other than our own. <laughs> um but then you know there is also the paranormal side which um you know, she, our mum's always kind of given us a bit of a scientific explanation and, and you know, just that kind of supernatural belief that the paranormal and the supernatural is just that. It's it's extra natural, you know, if we, if we all tapped into, you know, the powers that like human beings have and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, maybe, um, maybe it is just a very natural state of being that we have... Um, you know, grown out of. But um, our mother was part of a, um, a UFO research group. I believe it was called Euphora, um, which was operating in the early 90s in, I'm sure, Adelaide and, and other major cities around Australia. But, but I remember growing up um, and having her be quite involved with this, with this group. I remember one um, one incident where there was it was the nineties. There was a lot of the um, the crop circles happening. There was a lot of um, you know, is it real? Is it crop circles being made from from these UFO craft, or is it just you know a bunch of teenagers flattening out some you know hay in a field with with 
boards or something in the middle of the night. And there was one that was particularly interesting was my mother was actually sent samples of some, I think it was wheat or some type of, you know, crop or whatever. No, she said she went on site. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, she was invited to go out on site, but there was there was one that she was actually sent samples of and I remember it coming in the mail and it had this big mm-hmm. letters stamped across it that said do not bend and they had these these different forms of like this this wheat that was encased in this plastic packaging and it showed how the wheat had um, been bent but it didn't break and it and it still continued to grow so it didn't like even though it was bent on such an angle it didn't actually damage it to the point where it would die Um, and so I remember her actually physically getting that in the mail and it just spun me out as a kid to think that my mum was part of this you know amazing like scientific UFO research group where she gets samples of crop circles um, but yeah, there was this talk of the there being, you know, she did say that some were copycat ones and it was just a bunch of people playing pranks, but there were really interesting findings on some of the other ones where, you know, the wheat would bend and it and it wouldn't die and it had high levels of um electromagnetic frequency in the field. Um so yeah, it was just really interesting to see that kind of stuff growing up. Um, and, you know, reading the articles in the magazines and things like that. So that was pretty cool. Um, Sorry. And then, yeah, I just. Sure. Sorry, just on that note that you just mentioned the whole, um, the wheat and stuff. I just remember her telling us, yeah, I remember seeing the wheat in the mail. But I remember her saying that she was actually one of the first people called to one crop circle that was reported. And that the difference being having seen faked ones, you know, pushed down with boards or people stomping down the patterns or something with their feet um that the authentic one in her terms was actually it seemed to be woven that the wheat had been formed and bent in such a way that it was almost like not a step not a snapped stalk like if you bend a piece of wheat a dried piece of wheat and it'll snap the stalk but almost as if it had been fused into a bending position and that the wheat stalks themselves in the ground were woven together in swirling patterns that were just intertwined and so intricate that it couldn't have just been done overnight by hand or yeah yeah so like a yeah that would just be impossible yeah, but she said it was like done in layers. So if you were looking at it and if you tried to um, pull up the layers, it was like a very intricate woven, almost like different layers had gone down first and then the second layer would fold down on top of that and be woven in and then another layer fold down and overwoven into that one, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I just remember her describing. That's a yeah, that concept. it just wasn't just pushed, you know, wheat pushed down with the board like some people said it would have been done if it was faked yeah she just remembered it being a very very intricate detailed um thing that she's observed yeah no, that's yeah and it's such a shame that we don't see I guess the level of activity like I don't know what was going on in the 90s with humanity yeah. for for this kind of stuff to be so um you know so frequent but I just remember it was you know there, there were a lot of instances you know that that would happen throughout throughout our childhood not just with us personally but you know in the news and and in these different groups and in these circles and you know it was it was quite common um and you know it might just be that hey if it is aliens and we all know that 
you know, however many thousands of light years it takes to reach us, they can probably only hang around for a little while before they go back home. So, um, you know, maybe maybe that's the that's the reason. Um, one of the stories, one of my specific um, encounters that I remember was was on that stretch of road driving driving to Wyala. Um, and this one always stuck in my mind because it was it was um, sorry it, <laughs> as I had heard a similar story I don't know months or years later from this um, research group that that my mother was a part of we were reading through some of the reports and some people will say oh well you were a kid you know maybe you read the report and you just thought that that happened to you and it was like no this this actually happened to us first and then we I remember reading a report of somebody who had the same experience and I just got so excited knowing that this this is obviously a, a common occurrence or, you know, it was just, again, that kind of affirming um, thing that, you know, okay, well, we weren't going crazy and it wasn't some you know, shared delusion that we all had at the same time that this this specific experience other people had had also experienced. And that was we were we were driving down the road at night. My mum was driving, my sister was probably in the front seat. I, I would have been in the back sitting in the middle of the back seat as I always do, so I can get a nice view of everything that's happening. And it was nighttime and, uh, you know, we were pretty much the only car on the road. We travelled a lot at night. My mum always preferred to drive at night because there was less traffic. Um, and up ahead on the opposite side of the road, so to our slight right, um, there was red and blue flashing lights. So just your typical red and blue flashing lights. We're like, okay, a police car's pulled somebody over on the highway. Um, I don't recall seeing... Um, headlights but I just remember seeing the, the red and blue flashing lights and we thought okay there's there's an incident up ahead you know maybe someone's had a car accident maybe someone's just been pulled over and so you know being that it was a highway at night you know my mum or and being that it was you know red and blue flashing lights she'd slowed down to make sure that you know when she was was there to pass she would be going at a, a much slower speed and so we were just chatting away and this this red and blue flashing lights was, you know, a few hundred metres in the distance. And we're chatting away, didn't think anything of it, just thought, okay, that's up ahead, you know, we'll keep an eye out. And then all of a sudden she turned to us and she said, where did those lights go? You know, we we should have, did, did we pass anything? We didn't pass anything on the side of the road. And we thought, yeah, that's weird. We should have passed this by now. There was no car, there was like no other vehicle there was no cones out there was there was absolutely nothing it was just as if it didn't happen and she said well even if they'd turned their lights off we would have seen a car we would have driven past something there should have been a a police car or if they drove off in the other direction we'd see their tail lights like we hadn't seen anything it was just pitch black and i turned my head pretty much right at the exact spot that we should have seen these lights and the red and blue flashing lights had disappeared. But then I saw, um, you know, across the road, kind of in behind the, the shrubbery or something that was across the road, um, I saw yellow and green flashing lights. And they were, you know, pulsating, you know, back and forth, these yellow and green lights, not spinning like, you know, the red and blue flashing light police lights would, but they were pulsating red, uh, sorry, pulsating green and yellow. 
Then they shot up into the sky like a slingshot, uh, just as like so quickly up into the sky, um, still flashing green and yellow and just shot across the sky and disappeared. And I just lost it. And I was like, what was that? You know, there it was. I found it. It's just gone. It's this, it's that. Like, what is it? Like, that was way too quick to be any kind of craft. There was no noise. There was nothing. Um, and I just, I just couldn't explain it. And so we, we were just, you know, gobsmacked as, as usual. Um, and yeah, we just, we couldn't explain it. And then, you know, months or years later, whatever it was, I remember reading this report. It was quite old because it was typed up in, you know, horrible font that they have in the 90s and, you know, on an actual piece of paper instead of a screen, you know, showing our age there. Um, but I actually read somebody else's um, very, very similar account where they had seen red and blue flashing lights that then turned into yellow and green flashing lights and shot across the sky. Now, I don't know if it was actually you know, the same night that this person had seen it or if it was on the same stretch of road. I don't think it was the actual same night or same road or same, you know, particular experience. I just think that it was, you know, replicated elsewhere and it was, you know, very similar to the thing that we had seen as well. And I think, Sasha, you were saying that you've actually come across different reports even, you know, further to that where people have mentioned seeing the same thing. Yeah, I have read somewhere um, that I'm pretty sure an encounter in Australia at least once did mention red and blue turning to green and yellow, something very similar, yeah. Yeah, so it would just be interesting to know, you know, if anybody else has seen these, uh, you know, phantom lights thinking it's, you know, a police or, a, you know, some type of emergency vehicle and then having a kind of switch on them <laughs> halfway through. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. That that was a that was an odd one um, that I remember. Um, I think another one, um, Sasha, that that I remember that that you didn't mention last time on this podcast um, was the the shadow, <laughs> the shadow oh, yeah. that followed us, um, which was really quite quite strange because this was probably the only time or the only experience I can think of that we actually didn't talk about it as it was happening. We were all kind of observing it and didn't realise that anybody else around us had seen it and for some reason <laughs> didn't mention it until after the fact um, when everyone then piped up and said that they saw it. But, again, the same stretch of road and we were actually travelling with with friends of ours, we had um, our our next door neighbours who um, had two daughters the same age as us. So a lot of the time we grew up and just acted as if we were all sisters. We were all very close growing up together. And so they were coming with us um, one time to Wyala. <laughs> I think we had probably even done the typical, okay, well, this is, you know, the, the alien stretch of road or <laughs> something of the sort. Um, but, yeah, there was this really very very strange um objects or I'm not sure you know I, I really don't know what to call it other than a physical shadow but like not a shadow if you know what I mean so it was like if a shadow had taken a physical form as almost like a structure and, and an actual physical thing um but it it 
just looked like a shadow. And it was um, this stretched, like a very long, skewed, stretched, what I think was a triangle shape. So imagine if you had, you know, a triangle and you grabbed one point and you stretched it really far out in front of you into quite a fine point. Um, And it was alongside the car as we were driving. And I remember looking out of the window and just thinking, oh, that's that's a weird shadow. Like, what is that a shadow of? And I looked out and I thought, that is not a shadow. Um, I looked up and there was nothing above us and it wasn't sunny. I think it was, you know, quite overcast and it was quite near um, near dusk. So, you know, the sun was not high in the sky. There was nothing that should be casting a shadow. And then when I looked at it further, I realised that it wasn't on the ground. It was actually above the ground and travelling next to the car. Um, but you could see through it, but it was quite dark. Um, and it had very sharp lines. It had sharp edges. It looked like a physical object that you could just see through. Like if somebody had literally just photoshopped the real world and drawn this elongated triangle and just turned the brightness down on it. Um, it was just the strangest, most eerie thing I'd, I'd ever seen. And it was, yeah, just travelling alongside the car. I I looked above to, to see if there was anything above. There was nothing above. It was not attached you know, it was not on the road, it was above the road. And I thought, if this is a shadow of something, you know, the it had the shadow would go over other objects and you would see it distort. You would see it moving across things. And and it wasn't like that at all. It was like you could just see through it. And it was, yeah, alongside the car. Never seen anything like it before in my life. Never you know, heard of anything like it before. Still to this day, I don't think anyone's ever had a similar experience and we've never been able to find out what it was. Now, I didn't know at the time. I thought this was just, and I I think it all, to me at least, it all happened relatively quickly and my mind was just trying to tick over, again, being sceptical, trying to work out what this was. Um, And then I kind of just, not forgot about it, but just, you know, turned my attention away. And I think it was you, Sasha, who who piped up and just said, um, did anybody else see that? <laughs> and then, you know, I think Rebecca and, and, and I just, you know, basically jumped into a fit just saying, oh, my God, yes, I saw that. What was that? Did any, like, why didn't we, why didn't we mention it? So, yeah, that was a very strange one, um, Sasha. I think I don't know if you could add to that. <laughs> Still got you there, Sasha? Oh no, my lost her. Sounds good, there. Oh not. <laughs> <laughs> no, so look, how do you, how big do you think this object was? Then this strange thing. It was larger than the car for sure, um, and I remember it went into to quite a sharp point kind of towards the the front of the car um, because I was sitting in the back seat, I guess my, my depth perception may have been off. So I'm not sure if it was actually ahead of the car or in line with the car, but it was quite a sharp point um, towards the front of the car. And then 
towards the back like it kept going like it was longer than the car like I would I was you know up against the the window of the car and turning my head and I couldn't quite see the end of it um but I could just see that it was yeah we can hear you now yes Sasha you're back (laughs) yeah okay I don't know what happened there yeah I'm like I guess I'm here hello (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so actually the the girl who was in the the girls who were in the car with us um Rebecca and Sarah, Beck and Sarah. Um, as Justine said, they were our neighbours first. You know, we met them as young kids and we're actually still really close today. Like, we've grown up with all this kind of stuff happening. Um, they were witness to some of these things going on in our life. And it was actually Beck who reminded me of this whole, like, weird shadow craft thing. Um, and that's what got Justine and I talking about it tonight before we came on. I was like, hey, let's all just get on to this talk. Like, we all remember that, right? Um and Beck actually added something to that that I didn't remember. Um, Beck said, having, you know, discussed our childhood UFO stuff that had gone on in our family and whatever, and um, this Wyala trip, we were what in our? I think it was my 18th birthday. We were going there for. Um, no, you. I think you were younger. We went there. I was about 14, I think, or even younger. Beck and Sarah, no, Beck and Sarah was for my 18th birthday, and we stayed in the hotel. Remember? I yeah. swear to God, if I was 16 no. in that photo, oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so it was for my 18th. So, um, yeah, and Beck actually just prompted me this today and said, no, that the conversation in the car was actually on topic with your mum's an alien and all of this UFO talk and let's get your mum to call the aliens. And I didn't remember that part at all, but Beck said, no, it's very prominent in her mind that, hey, we're all in the car together, let's give this a go. And she said that's what really terrified her the most was the fact that it worked again because <laughs> when we spoke to the when, – when we joked and got my mum to talk to the UFO in that, you know, the encounter I shared last show um, and it responded and I got terrified, well, Beck was in the position <laughs> – Beck was put into that position this cool. time because apparently it worked again. So, I mean, I don't doubt her. That, that's the kind of stuff that happens. But Beck remembers that we actually um, asked my mum, hey, mum, hey, Danny, you know, Oops, I just said a name. Anyway, hey, Danny, you know, call the aliens. And um, apparently she put another call out there, you know, give us a sign if you're out there. And sometime after this thing appeared next to the car. Now, my mum was driving and I was in the front seat. Justine was behind me and Beck was in the middle and her sister was beside her. Um, me at the front of the car in the passenger seat, I could see <laughs> – I I don't remember how it appeared. I don't remember how it got there. But I do remember just having the presence feeling of something accompanying the car. And I did glance to the side. And, yes, it was around dusk, like sunset, and it was not quite dark yet, um, not quite dark yet. So there was a bit of light. And I could see a very fine point at the start of the car. This is about a car's width away from the car to the side of the car above the road. So it was definitely mm, hovering above the road. This was not a shadow cast on the ground, as Justine said. This was alongside the car, about a car's length um, away from the car. And, yeah, it was a very, very long, fine point. It, From where I turned to look over my shoulder, I couldn't see the end of this object. It was very long. It was alongside the car, the back of it, went to further than I could see from where I was sitting. 
I didn't say anything. I wasn't sure if anybody else could see it. I thought if anybody else had seen it, they would say something. So for a few seconds at least while I was staring at this, racking my mind of what this could be, I did think as well, this looks like a shadow, but it wasn't cast over anything. It was like a solid object because it kept a solid form. To me, it was a very, very fine pointed triangular shape. Um, it looked very dense, black, smoky almost, but with very sharp edges. It wasn't cloud. It wasn't blurred edged. It wasn't like a foggy patch following us. This was like a very sharp edged triangular shape from what I could see. Um, and it could, it definitely was transparent. Like you could see through it, um, but it was very, very dark, smoky, blackish shadow looking. And yeah, I just remember watching it. It was keeping pace with the car. Um it was just hovering, gliding, like it wasn't going up and down. It was very smoothly matching level with the car. And I just yeah. remember staring at it. I just remember thinking, there is no way this is happening. Like, is this real? Surely anybody's saying anything? Is anyone seeing this? Nobody spoke in the car. I'm pretty sure my mum was talking and nobody was listening to her. And she Probably. was just on her own that little sounds thing. About right. field. <laughs> sounds about right. Mum was just talking and nobody was listening or responding because this was happening we were yeah we were all staring at this thing we were just I actually remember I actually remember my my first thought when I noticed it because I saw it out of the corner of my eye yeah and I actually thought that they had put up a new fence or something and I remember thinking wow that fence is really close to the road like white like because that's all I saw at first is just this darker mass out of the corner of my eye and I thought why would they put something like that there? And then I looked at it and I was like, that's a shadow. And then I was like, what is that a shadow of? That, that, that can't be a shadow. And that was, I remember that that was actually my thought process that I originally saw it out of the corner of my eye and it captured my attention because I thought, what a stupid place to build a fence. So close to the, like, so close to the road. Like that was, you know, like you said, it was about, you know, a car's length away from us. Like if you had two lanes of traffic and a car was next to you and I thought, this yeah. is a highway, you know, what's what's going on there? And then when I looked at it, I realised I could see through it and it was, yeah, like the only way that I can describe it is it was like a, a physical, it was a physical shadow. It's just the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, so was it this was on the left-hand side of the car of or the right-hand side? Yeah, the left. Yep, the left, yep. Yeah. Because I got back and in the, the thing comments is, nobody, there. She was saying she remembers us... that uh, one moment looked out the window and wasn't there. Then the next time she looked out the window, it was there. So, yeah, that's from back in the comments. Yeah, I'm not even sure how it appeared. It was just suddenly just with us. And none of us said anything until it was gone. And the second <laughs> it was gone, I, I don't know, if, I think it just vanished. I don't remember it like flying away or something. But I just remember saying, did anyone else see that? And straight away just seen him back, just, what, you saw that too, that thing next to the car? And my mum's like, what are you talking about? And all of us over the top of each other are trying to like ramble on about this triangular thing. And mum got really frustrated and annoyed. She's like, why didn't you say anything? I, I couldn't just, we're like, oh, I don't know. You, just, you were driving. I don't know. We didn't think to say anything. And she got really upset because she's the one that called for it. <laughs> she didn't get to see I it. I think we just probably <laughs> wouldn't have wanted to interrupt her. Like she would have just been you know, telling a story or something like that and we would have been pretending we were being interested. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just Mom. tuned out. I just looked at this thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is too, though, like the and moment I, you had mentioned I, it, it probably would have disappeared and no one would have seen it again. 
Well, maybe, yeah, yeah, and I think that we were all kind of just trying to fathom what it was yeah. before we said anything. Like, you know, when you see a light, you know that you're seeing a ball of light or you're seeing something like that. I, I don't even remember, like, I don't even know what to, like, what, what are you going to say? Hey, guys, do you see this shadow? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I was trying to work out what it was before I would even be able yeah. to kind of verbalize what I was asking people. And yeah, I mean, I, I remember it being there for at, le- for at least long enough for me to go through all of the things that I knew it was not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I don't know why I didn't say anything. It's strange. I've, I've never yeah, heard anything like the that first, before. It's definitely the first, um, UFO or paranormal thing at all that we just didn't discuss until it was over. Yeah. So what do and you I'm think? Like, do you is think is that? Like, yeah, sorry. Do you think it like it is a paranormal thing or maybe even a UFO thing? Like what sort of um, to me genre it was an object. To me it was yeah. An object. It was it was definitely you know an object and it was definitely moving off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, that's a UFO. That thing was yeah. flying next to me. I didn't know what it yeah. was. Yeah. No, that's fair too. So that, that's really strange. I, yeah, I've never heard anything like that. I'd even to try and comprehend what it even might be. Um, I've got no idea. Like the closest thing I could try and think of was like, you know what like a, though? A, a misty Min Min light, but you know, there's not really a Min Min light at all. Yeah. Sorry to cut in there, but it just, it just sparked memory of, um, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard of the Phoenix lights in, in um, Arizona, in America, the whole big Phoenix lights thing that happened over there um, years ago. Yep. Somebody um, interviewed who had seen it from the ground quite close as it flew overhead. They described a V-shaped craft that was transparent. They said that they could see the star-lit sky through it and that it cast like a distorted view of the sky as it passed over so that they could tell it was definitely um, a craft of some type that they could see through it um, and yeah that they could just they could see this the night sky through it that it became transparent yeah but even still like even if this yeah. was a, um, a a solid object how was it like you might have been going through past uh, street lights and all sort of stuff if you remember like how was it not hitting any oh, of the oh, there's no street lights out there yeah, no, it was more open road than it wasn't like a street. Yeah, there's was... no street lights out there. <laughs> yeah. What about like a it's like guidepost or something? <laughs> or even Sorry? A, guard, a guidepost or guardrail going past anything like that? No, it's more like open no. field and dry. Yeah, it's just you've got like a field with like a very, very thin little livestock fence, you know, the thin wire fence on the side yep. of the road. There's, yeah, there's, there's nothing for ages. It's just typical Aussie outback road. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so even not even like any bits but of But like trees I said, there was, you know, there was some type of, you know, either military base or something, um, some testing area or something like that out there. So, you know, it is possible that this could have been some type of, uh, you know, stealth vehicle testing or something like that. I can't imagine why anyone would do that next to a vehicle you know, on a public road. Um. Yeah, see, that's what that's where I'd think that it's not anything military. I mean, it could be, but for me, why would you test anything in public view? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I'm, but I'm it just was trying just, to work out what it yeah, is. Yeah, it was um, very strange. Yeah, very, very strange indeed. 
Um, Bex saying it, it seemed as though it was close enough to the car to touch, so it was closer than anything. So you, you know, I'm just trying to try and get a, a bit of a grasp, of, like if this thing was actually solid or if it was actually like a sort of a, a misty, wispy kind of transparent thing that could actually go through objects if it came to it, sort of thing. You know, um, or would it crash into? Yeah, it like was it a transparent, solid object, or was it like? a cloud in a yeah. shape or like, yeah what was it made from yeah exactly yeah that's yeah what I'm it was trying just to it was in a very yeah. the fact that it had such sharp edges though yeah is like you know if that was like some type of misty object like we're, we're doing what like 110 k's down the mm -hmm. down the highway that's not that's not mist you know that's not that's not fog yeah <laughs> fog can't keep a can't keep a straight edge no, it's really at, you know, 110 Ks. Yeah. Um, and this is going on dust but yeah, too, just, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was getting into the evening. Like there was still enough, you know, kind of that, that dusky where it's like really like overcast and yep, yeah. And everything's kind of that gray glow, I guess. Um, and that's why I thought it was so strange because I was thinking, okay, well, this this must be a shadow of something, but it just it just couldn't be. It's just I cannot explain it. Weirdest thing yeah. ever. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to try and work it in my head. Like I've seen trying to think if I've ever heard anything like this or anything. You know, like usually, if it comes to strange shapes that are following the car, they've usually got a bit more of a, a larger shape to them or a bit more of a denser sort of look about them. Yeah. But yeah, coming to like a, something that's very uh, thin and, you know, sort of <laughs> transparent at the same time just doesn't make sense to what the hell it could be. I mean, yeah, the, the front point of it uh, towards the head of the car was very narrow and quite sharp pointed, like almost like a like a sharp pointed spear of a triangle. But as I looked towards the back over my shoulder, it got wider. Like it was definitely a wider end to it, but the point was just so sharp and narrow. It was just, yeah really yeah, weird <laughs> that is strange so hopefully someone can sort yeah. of give us a bit of insight and hopefully someone else might have seen something very similar and yeah sort of a better idea on this because that'd be really interesting to find out so um what about these other experiences yeah. you girls have had um because i know that we've got a long list i'm pretty sure so um yeah well i think I guess that, just... that's the thing sasha you stole all the good stories <laughs> <laughs> on the previous episode i know sorry um, i stole the ones you were in <laughs> Oh no, because you've had you've had so many. Um, but yeah, in terms of, I'm just trying to think if there's there's been any other, you know, UFO specific ones that uh, I've been what involved about ghost in. Car? Ghost, oh, ghost car. Oh jeez. Ghost car was weird. The ghost car was like straight up ghost car. Like what? The... It wasn't even it was a ghost, ghost car. car. It was a little bit just... <laughs> Yeah. No. That's the thing. It wasn't even a ghost car. Like it was, there was nothing to suggest that it was a ghost or a car. We just, so I don't know. I'm pretty sure Beck and Sarah were both there for this. I remember Beck definitely being there for this. Beck doesn't remember this anymore. She used to remember it, unfortunately. Um, Justine said she they remembers were, they it. They were means... definitely there. They were definitely yeah. there. We were walking the streets like the little hoodlums that we were. Bart <laughs> Bartley Terrace. In um, Westlake, South Australia, if, if anyone in South Australia, they'd know Bartley Terrace. So, yeah, um, Bartley Terrace, good old West. Cruising the streets at night. 
<laughs> just walking around. We, just, we just lived in the area, food. okay, and this was like yeah. pre-internet days where yeah. <laughs> when you wanted to have good old-fashioned fun, you just walked the streets at night. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's my bit of childhood memories there too, going out kicking cane toads and yeah. whatnot. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, so we were just walking down the road and we were actually in the middle of the road. We weren't on the footpath mm. because it was pretty late. There were no cars and traffic. We were just running around on the road being silly, just really stupid, just running amok being... <laughs> really dangerous to do as young young you know teenagers don't run around on the road yeah (laughs) but yeah I just remember one of us glancing behind us I don't remember hearing anything there was no sound of a car coming but I just remember one of us turned over saw behind us coming along the road towards us quite rapidly two balls of light it looks we straight away assumed okay headlights car coming one of us yelled car you know, and we just scattered off the road. You know, kids play like ball games in the road and car and everyone moves and gets off the yep, road yep. quickly. It's just one of those moments, oh, quick, car's coming. And we all scattered to get off the road and just this car didn't come. There was just nothing. The lights came, but then they were just gone and there was no car. We didn't see yeah, a ghost it almost car. Came like <laughs> there quite, were no headlight like, beams. No, like we had our backs to it. So we turned yeah. and we looked and we're like, yep, car, and then turned away and it, like kept getting closer like we were waiting yeah. for this the sound car. of the car and this car to pass and then there was nothing but it had it like, didn't turn away it's almost like yeah it was almost like it got like a few meters from us and just disappeared yeah yeah was there like any street lights you could see in the cars like parked on the side there maybe or in a light no there were no cars even it's you can't park along that road where we were no no yeah and yeah it was just just really odd just definitely you know moving at speed like it just you would have thought I mean we didn't really pay too much attention to it at first it's not like we looked and we just thought it was a car there's some some bright lights we better stare directly into them and work out what it is no we just (laughs) really just dismissed it and assumed that it was a car um and then yeah it just got close there was no noise or anything like that and then when it should have gone past us, it just disappeared. Um, super, again, super weird and was just like one of those really odd things. So, yeah, we just we just nicknamed that little, little experience Ghost Car, um, even though, you know, I, I don't think it was a car at all. There was no, no sound of an engine. There it's was... just because we just assumed that the two lights, because how low they were to the ground, above the road it just seemed car level just seemed car height and the fact that there were just two orbs side by side it just seemed to be headlights coming that's just what we assumed at first um yeah it just yeah and where we were there was nowhere to like turn off (laughs) yeah it wasn't wasn't like they could turn off down like a side street it was a stretch of the street where there was nothing like you would drive and coming and drive past us yeah that was interesting so it's almost wonder if, like, um, obviously, yeah, you want to call it a ghost car, but it could have been like um, spirit orbs or something like that that was going down the street there, and they've probably spotted you girls there walking along, going, "Ah, we we can't be down here to get spotted." And obviously, it's too late to be spotted, but obviously, it left you in wonder, and they're just going yeah, their own ways true. And sort of like like if out. there was, yeah, I mean, we we didn't really take because we didn't take much notice. Like honestly, like it could have been. I have no idea what it could have been. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, Sasha, didn't you mention that you had seen, like, a ball of light travelling down a road at some stage or something? Oh, yeah. I mentioned that in the last call. You might have tuned out before then. But, yeah, it just a, a huge um, 
ball of light did go past my bedroom window down the street. Um, yeah, I did mention similar. that previous show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it did actually. The one I saw down um, past my bedroom was like much bigger and just a single ball of light. But this, yeah, yeah they just seem like two round goldenish yeah. kind of whitish balls of light. Just Yeah, like quite round, almost like if you were to see like some old school kind of car that has those really circular headlights. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just remember it like, yeah, I would have just assumed it would have just been an old car. I mean, it was also the, you know, I'm sure it was probably what, the 90s or early 2000s or something like that. So, not, not unusual <laughs> for people to have old cars, <laughs> but definitely wasn't a car, ghost car. Yeah, no, that sounds like it suits it pretty well, to be honest. I think that's, um, yeah, or we've got to call it spirit orbs or something like even because, um, I've heard stories there where people have been walking out the bush there and they have seen these orbs there and they sort of accidentally come across it. And next minute, they just disappear completely and mm-hmm. they might be walking on again. They might see them in the distance pop back up. So, like if, um, you spook a firefly or something like you might see them in the next minute they like sort of spot you and like disappear you know because they might sense danger and then you might see them in the distance a little bit further on going oh okay he's away from danger now sort of thing and so he's gonna start sparking up again but um i oh, know at one of those spirit orb things it's just really hard to sort of get a grasp on what they actually actually are whether they are a spirit or something on that yeah nature, like is know. that is that some type of conscious entity or yeah, like what is that a manifestation of? <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's even been, um, when I had Bill Chalker on there, he was he mentioned a story there where these teenagers were out in the middle of nowhere and um, this orb-looking thing came down and sort of harassed these people. Um, you know, and the the blokes that were there were absolutely shitting themselves. You know, They're, so like there's a lot of people seeing these things. Like whether you want to call them a min min light, maybe I don't know, but um, usually to me, min min lights are the ones you might see in a random location sitting still doing nothing or it's following your car. And I don't know, I think some do have like a bit of a intelligence about them maybe. I don't know because it's sort of a bit of hard to get a grasp on what exactly a Min Min light is in general because, you know, people want to claim, yeah, there might be something in the distance and a bit of a light that's sort of following the car, but you're not getting close enough to sort of get a better idea of what it is or something that's in behind the car and you think it's like headlights or something like that, you know, it, but then other people are saying they're seeing these orb things there, which could possibly be a min min light. So I don't know. It's um, of... I actually did. Sorry, I, I did experience another one of those orb min min light, whatever it's going to be referred to as. Um, yeah, it was just a very very short experience, but I just remember that one too. Um, driving with another friend. Um, she was driving her car. We were going to visit her family in Gola in South Australia. It's not Gulwa, but in Gola, there's two similar sounding names there um and yeah just driving along at night along a straight stretch of road to the right of us was um an empty lane of road alongside of us and out to the right also was just open field and fenced off fields there was no turn off there were no roads to turn to the right it was just a straight stretch of road and it was quite dark and as we're driving along no traffic we saw a ball of light out to the right in the field and it was approaching the road um aiming just in front of us towards the same stretch of road that we were on so it was coming horizontally across to the straight of the road that we were on i can't explain better than that um it was almost like we were going to meet at a 90 degree angle so it was out there we were driving here and as you're driving forward and it's coming across it looked as though 
we were going to collide at some point. Um, it kept the same pace. We kept the same pace driving. Um, my friend said, what is that, a motorbike out in the paddock? And I said, I don't see any other lights. There's no tail light. There was no beam of light from a headlight. Um, we just kept an eye on it. She kept driving. She was getting a little bit nervous that we were going to hit. I said, don't worry, there's a fence. And we figured it would stop if it was a bike or something. As it got closer and as we kept driving, we could see it was quite a solid ball. Um, it was definitely not a headlight or something bobbing around on a vehicle. And, yeah, just at the point that we thought we would collide or it would, you know, break through the fence, it just vanished, yeah. Wow, that is strange. Yeah, just a few seconds it lasted, but that was definitely, um, yeah, approached us pretty rapidly and just vanished. Yeah, because I'm not sure if you heard the different theories there when it comes to Min Min lights. You know, they're sort of saying it's like a bit of a gaseous light that's sort of being reflected from light surrounding from, you know, the horizon or the stars and stuff like that. And usually mostly the light reflecting on the gas sort of um, reflecting from the headlights of the car. And I guess maybe in your perspective on that event, um, it could have been reflecting from that gas if there was a bit of a gaseous on the auto. I'm just trying to make something up here, but <laughs> to make it sound good. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like um, as if it, it, the lights are mirroring off the gas, gassy substance or whatever, and sort of like getting I mean, a mirror, there was there was effect. nothing for this light to. There was nothing that the lights from our headlights could reflect onto. Like there was no other source of light except the headlights. We were facing forward, and this thing was like to our far right, off into a dark field. There was just nothing out there. Yeah, and for the it to approach us from the side, yeah, it it approached us from the side where it looked like it would hit the side of our car. Yeah. Um, by the time it got close and we were up to that point of the road. Yeah, it just disappeared. It yeah. never once came in front of us or into our light source, it, nothing. I yep. think we've, we've kind of always had these very strange experiences with lights and balls of light. Like I remember my very first experience with a big ball of light was, was when I was, what, about two or three years old. Um, and yeah, that, one. that was when, that was, you know, literally one of my first experiences ever. We were, um, living in a, in a townhouse at Westlakes and my mother was running a bath for us and I was just really, probably about three, I'd say. Yeah. And I heard this loud bang, like so loud, like a, like a giant balloon popping. Like if you were to pop a balloon in a really echoey room you know that kind of bang and I looked up and there was this great big ball of light in my mother's bedroom above you know a couple of feet above her bed it was huge it looked like the sun just this huge ball of of glowing light and then there was another bang and it disappeared and my mum was in the bathroom running the bath with, you know, her checking the level of the water. So she had her head, you know, quite close to the water and the echoey sounds in the bathroom. And I don't know if she heard the bang, but it wasn't, she didn't get startled by it or something. Maybe she thought, you know, the cat had knocked something over or something. And I just turned to her and I said, I remember hearing, Mommy, the sun just exploded in your bedroom. <laughs> She's like, uh, what? And I said, the sun, the sun just exploded in your bedroom. And she went, okay. And she went to investigate because it was obviously a very weird thing for me to say. And she went into her room and she put her hand on the bed, like, because I told her it was just above her bed. And she said the bed was really hot. 
Um, and, you know, she felt the heat coming off this bed. And, Sasha, you were there, but you didn't see it. Yeah. I know that you heard no, it. No, I heard it. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, but I was Just I was standing. I, I didn't have a view of it, yeah. Yeah, I was standing pretty much, you know, in the doorway like looking and I just saw this giant ball of light. And I was, you know, a little kid. And so that kind of stuff just became normal to us. So we grew up with it. It didn't, it didn't ever really freak me out. I always loved all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think kind of going back to a lot of those um, those kind of weird experiences and I just wanted to um, just myself finish up a bit because I've got to jump off soon Um, but going back to something that you had mentioned in the last um, podcast Sasha when you were talking about some of the um, the experiences that mum had had and how she was uh, contacted by the military police and I just wanted to offer a bit of um, kind of credibility to that story so Yes, that is something that that our mother had had told us, and I think it actually stemmed from a um, like a psychic vision she had had of a robbery at a Commonwealth Bank, I think it was, um, in the nineties. And she was in the bank one day, and she just had this horrible feeling that she just had to get out of there. She said her legs felt like jelly; they her feet felt like they were made of concrete. She couldn't move; she couldn't get out there quick enough. And then the next day, next time she went into the bank, it happened again. And she ran out of the bank and she started getting these floods of images in her head about the bank being held up. She said that she saw everything clear as day in her head after she got out of there of what the people looked like, you know, their names, where they were going, everything. She said it was almost as if she had just tapped into the, the minds of everyone that was involved and she knew all of this. Now she ran back home and ran to the neighbor's house, which was Re- Rebecca and Sarah's mother, um, and, and told um, the neighbor um, everything that had happened and that, that all this stuff that she saw in her head and then of all this vision that she had and then the, the radio was on and it came over the news of breaking news of there's just been a, a hold up at, at the bank and they just started freaking out. She said, you've got to call the police. You've got to call the police. And um, they started arguing. My mum was talking about, you know, which, which street it was and which suburb to try and get the, the address because she said that she could tell the house. She knew the number. She knew everything about it. And um, they were arguing, arguing over which street this, um, which suburb this street was in. And they pulled out the street directory and it just happened to be, you know, down the line of the dividing suburbs. Um, But they ended up, you know, calling the police and mum made a statement and they just could not believe that she wasn't involved. They said, surely you've got to be the girlfriend. What did someone do you wrong? Did this, did that? Couldn't understand how she knew so much. Um, To all turned out to be true. They ended up, you know, actually being able to arrest these people and they were just, on her constantly. I'm pretty sure our phones got tapped. Um, we used to hear the the little clicking on the line of the phone when you'd um, when you'd get on a call. And they asked her. They they had in, come over to her house multiple times and asked her. Not the military police, but just I think the police in general. And they asked her how she could possibly know all of this. And she actually pulled out a flyer from um, one of the seminars that she was conducting back in the 90s and it was called mind over matter and the metaphysical 
And she was actually, you know, she'd pulled together a panel of experts and she used to, to, to host these events with different um, experts, you know, scientific field or areas in spirituality, and they would have a panel discussion um, about these different kind of paranormal experiences. And these were proper public events. She used to run them down at the universities. She used to do them at the convention centre. It was, you know, book now at Bass and all ticketed events. And so she had handed someone this flyer and she said, this is this is what I do. Um and it sparked the interest of obviously the police and the the military police who at that time um, were experimenting with obviously using psychics and and things like that. So the story, you know, Sasha, as you had mentioned last um, on the last episode, um, that the military police had contacted her. They they did. They'd come in and and interviewed her and asked her if um, she would. Um, you know, help them with cases. And one of the things that they did was they actually handed her um, a photo of someone or something and and she and asked her and kind of prompted her to see what she would say. And she gave information about this. And that's when they realized that, you know, she was legit in whatever it was that she was doing in the way that she was picking it up because they obviously already knew the information and were testing her. Um, and then, yeah, asked if they could work with her. Now, they actually left one of the um, military police investigators left his card with my mother and said, if you change your mind and you'll work with us, please give me a call. Now she kept that business card and she had always kept it on her. And she said, you know, this is, this is true. These people did contact me. And she said that she was so glad that the military police had actually left their business card so she could show that this was, um, you know, a legitimate thing that happened. And she was so, she'd always told that story and I just knew that she'd always held on to that card. And I was actually with her the other day um, and I was I was getting something out of her purse and I thought, I'm going to check, I'm going to check what's in here. And she'd already made a joke earlier that day saying her whole life's in that purse and all her memories are in that purse. And I thought, oh, let me just see what's in there. And sure enough, she still held the business card from the military police investigator who came to see her all those years ago. Um, so, Anthony, I have sent you a photo of that business card and by all means do what you will with that. If you, um, you know, I'm I'm happy for you to share that if you want with the uh with the, the listeners, um, Sasha, I'm not sure if, you know, that's something that you'd agree with, but I just feel like it's so many years ago um, and obviously none of these things are, you know, active investigations or things like that anymore and it's it's common knowledge that a lot of these departments have, have used, you know, psychics and, and dabbled in, um, you know, the, the paranormal and things like that before. So, yeah, I just thought that that was a little bit of interesting information and, um, you know, kind of a bit of a, a little token to to know that she still has that after all these years. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, look, as we go before we start the show here, we actually had a bit of a look into seeing if we can try and find this guy and it turns out we may have him. The The details are sort of there. So um, I'm not sure if I want to pursue it because I'm not sure if I'm going to get any answers out of it. But um, as you mentioned when we were talking about this, like, you know, we're either going to get a yep but a nope or a no comment, you know, sort of thing. But so, I don't know. It sort of depends on how adventurous I feel, you know, because it might start putting a target on my back and then uh, they might start tracking you girls down the next <laughs> week, you know, we're going to 
we're getting the old men in black there we're knocking on our doors going hey uh what do you know <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know but then that'll be kind of a good well, thing well hey i mean like, i I'm happy to reach out to the guy just for a little bit of a laugh and a little stroll down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, you know, a bit of interesting memorabilia that, that we found along the way. Um, but, you know, I just thought that, you know, at least that adds that little bit of credibility to the story. We know that that this did happen and I did just want to share that with you so you can see that, um, yeah, that these uh, <laughs> these stories have got a little bit of weight to them. They do. No, it's, look, it's uh, Also, good. Beck. Beck did message me um, during this call and just let us know that her mum actually has some of the the same crop circle wheat. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, <laughs> yeah, has it. That's, I think yeah. she mentioned that in the comments there. She, think, she's got uh, some of it. <laughs> yeah, she's. Oh, uh, I love that. that. She has so a piece can... of grass in the folder. So yeah, that'd be cool if she can send us through some photos there, and then um, I'll definitely yeah. throw that in the show notes there and <laughs> share it to the people if um, if you're happy to try and get that through there, Beck. If you're listening now still. So that'd be cool because I'd be really good to actually see a bit of evidence, you know, of a crop circle, like a proper one, you know. It's not something yeah. you see every day. <laughs> yeah. No, of course not. Yeah, it's su super interesting. And, yeah, I loved, loved growing up, um, you know, being exposed to uh, these kind of interesting subject matters, <laughs> to say the least. And, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting life. We've definitely been... Um, been called, uh, you know, witches and aliens and <laughs> our own, you know, versions of versions of any of them. But no, it's definitely been interesting. It's been, um, it's been good to to grow up with, um, you know, having an open mind and keeping keeping an interesting perspective on things and looking at things from all angles. And you know, yeah, it's it's been good. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, it's definitely something going on between your family there, where you're getting both best of both, or, or best of all three worlds, really. Like this world, the uh, UFO world, and the paranormal world. There's something going on there, which you, I think a lot of people will be very jealous yeah. of because they want to, you know, people go for the whole lives not seeing anything of interest, you know, or anything interesting in that in that matter. Um, they just gotta. They might have an interest in it. Yeah, we'll just come even, and spend a few days with us. We'll make some, we'll <laughs> yeah, make some well, magic happen. Yeah, you can just start doing a little bit of expeditions <laughs> there, and hopefully, um, be able to show people what they really want to see. You know, there might be something that you can sort of use a bit of your mum's wisdom and a bit of power or something, and start calling in these aliens like your mum did. You know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you might really regret saying that just then. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'll probably regret that one. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But look, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, Anthony. Thank you for thank you for having me on. I'll leave you with Sasha to kind of continue the conversation um and add anything in that that you know I've missed or or anything like that. But yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure to um to to speak with you and to to share some of my stories with your listeners. Yeah, no, I believe the pleasure is all ours. Um thank you very much for coming on and sharing with us. Uh, um any sort of getting another perspective on things like you know of uh, experiences together you know it's always interesting to see two sides of the story you know um over the same event because like you know everyone sees it differently and everyone remembers it differently and that's the best part about when you have a, a sort of mass sighting or experience in that sort of nature you know you can sort of go back and go oh yeah i remember this now and you're like as you as you were mentioning before you know like people remember things differently and you're like oh yeah i remember that now and you're like you sort of jolts memories and that's that's the best part about it really so it's really good that you um you came on and gave another perspective to the whole uh, encounters, really. So thank you. Well, yeah, no, thank, 
thank you for thank you for for having me and thanks again for um to all the uh, listeners listening to me and um yeah it's been a pleasure and and I'll maybe catch you next time if I have any new and interesting encounters absolutely let me know <laughs> I'm sure we'll be all sitting here waiting I'm looking forward to it <laughs> cheers <laughs> all right thanks Sasha thanks Anthony see ya thanks see ya till next time oh that was great Sash um yeah look Thank you very much for getting your sister on and um, yeah, talking both sides of the story. That's absolutely awesome because, um, you know, the, it's really interesting getting both sides of the stories there. So now you also mentioned before we um, started here, I need to remind you on a little encounter of yourself that you had uh, these two objects. Oh, there. yeah. So <laughs> I kind of hoped that you might forget about it because I'm, ah, I'm really hesitant to share this. <laughs> um, I kind of mentioned it in passing uh, just briefly in, in another podcast uh, a couple of years back, and I kind of really regretted it as I said it because I was just thought, oh, it's out there now. Um, it's not something I've really discussed publicly, but you know what? I'm, I'm not putting it down as fact. It's Again, it's something that I just think is worth sharing uh, for the experience that it was for me, which it's just left me wondering really what happened. Uh, so I had two really strange experiences when I was very young as a kid that could potentially have involved um, ETs, so extraterrestrials. I'm not sure that it was a real um thing i mean the experience for me was real but i'm saying i can't say that it really involved a physical being um it could have been my imagination it could have been a hallucination um but the experience and the emotion for me and the memory of it was very very real um it was very distressing at the time one of them um one of them was quite interesting and later became distressing once it really hit me but yeah, it's it's never been put down in my mind as something that really physically happened. It's just something that, yeah, it, it's just it's an experience that I've had that is yeah. See, I, I start rambling when I talk about it because I'm hesitant to even say it because it just sounds so absurd. But I'll share it for a bit of fun anyway. Um, I'm not sure of the order of this, but one occasion, it was at night time. Um, living with my mum and my sister in the same house as, you know, the sun just exploded and all the weird stuff I used to talk about that happened in our home. Um, so one night, this is when I was very young and I was sharing a room with Justine. Uh, we had our own beds and I just, I couldn't sleep. I had a very, very uneasy feeling. I was just scared and I don't know why. I didn't have a reason. I just felt very, very scared, very, very uneasy, unable to sleep. And my mum was downstairs. She had the lights on. She was still awake. She was doing something downstairs. And I just remember calling out to her. I don't know how Justine didn't wake up to this. Maybe she did. She didn't respond to me calling out to my mum. Seemingly, she was asleep in her own bed in the room with me. And um, I just called out to my mum. My voice was shaky. I said, mum, I can't sleep. Can I please sleep in your bed? And she didn't really want that because, you know, I didn't really have a reason. I couldn't really tell her why. Um, she figured maybe a bad dream. So she said, oh, all right, you know, go in my room. Um, her room was just a couple of metres from our room. So she put the hallway light on or the landing light, it's just a little light outside my room and her room. There was just a light on there. So she left that light on. She turned the light off in her room for me to sleep and I asked her, please leave the door open and the light on outside the room. 
So she went back downstairs. She left the door ajar so that, you know, I could call out if I needed. And I was laying in the middle of her double or queen size bed, uh, closer to one side of it actually. And there was a window beside me in the side of the bed that I was in. And I just remember clutching this blanket to my chest and still feeling so terrified and just waiting. It's like I knew something was coming and I was so terrified of it. And I couldn't explain the feeling. And as I was sitting there, now this is what makes me think it's probably just my imagination. You know, sometimes kids get spooked in the dark and they start, you know, thinking about monsters under the bed or something. I just felt like something was happening and I knew it was coming and I just had to just brace myself for it. And then my mind probably created the scenario. Do I really think this physically happened in my mum's house? No. But visually what I saw probably just projected through emotion and fear. My mind could have just created this view for me sitting in that bed with the light on outside the room and the door ajar. I saw a figure approach the doorway. It was silhouetted by the light behind it. And it just seemed like a small figure. Uh, and I just, I became paralyzed with fear. I was so scared. I actually couldn't look away. I was too scared. And I say in my mind, but it's it's like I could see this with my eyes. It's like this was happening in front of me, but I'm sure it was just created visually by imagination. It just seemed very, very real at the time. It seemed that this being came around the bed and approached my side of the bed and that it placed its hand on my wrist. And the feeling, I remember feeling it had a cool touch to it on my skin. And I, at that point, managed to somehow scream for my mum. And it was gone in an instant. I just remember closing my eyes as soon as it touched me. I screamed and screamed. And again, I'm not sure if Justine remembers this or if she woke up to this. I'll have to ask her because this is something I haven't discussed with her. Um, and my mum quickly came into the room and I still had my eyes shut at this point. But by the time I heard her footsteps coming up and entering the room um, and asking what was wrong, I opened my eyes and saw the shock on her face as she entered the room. The window beside her bed, the side of the bed that I was on, she had floor to ceiling windows. Um, with very heavy, thick drapes. It was like very heavy velvet drapes, very thick. Um, these drapes could not easily blow in a breeze and the window was shut. Now, when she entered the room to see what I was screaming about and what's wrong and I opened my eyes and saw her face first before I even looked up, I met her gaze looking at the curtains which should have been hanging by the bed beside me. They were actually outstretched at a 90-degree angle above the bed over my head. And she looked shocked at that because to even lift them, to shake the dust off them or to, you know, to pull them open, they were quite heavy. These curtains, I just remember I looked up, they were like a roof covering my head. They were just level with the ceiling, just outstretched. By the time she noticed and ran in the room to check the window, they instantly dropped back flat against the window. I was absolutely terrified. She checked the window to see what's going on with this wind blowing in. There was no wind. The windows were completely shut and she just looked at me and asked me what was wrong, what had happened. And I kind of just remember sobbing and telling her that there was something in the room, something touched me, something came in. Um, I don't remember much after that. I just remember that she just calmed me down and there was no way I could sleep and I was just very upset. And um, 
yeah, I just I just remember this horrible feeling of thinking an alien came. I, I didn't use the word alien at the time in my mind as a kid, but years later, remembering it so vividly, I just remember thinking, oh, an alien came into the room, and it was really really scary. Um, so yeah, that I can't say that that actually happened. What I saw. But the curtain thing did happen because my mum walked in and saw that. So that was just a weird occurrence. Um, I can't really add to that. So I guess I'll just move on to the next thing, which I'm not sure happened before or after that. But again, uh, not sure if my mind just created this. Most likely did. I mean, again, trying to think rationally and sceptically and scientifically and just, I don't know, psychologically, probably just imagined this. But again, it seemed very, very real at the time. Um, I remember I was about five years old and I got kept after school because I either did something wrong or I didn't do my work properly or I just hadn't been behaving correctly that day. It's not like I was a bad kid. I, I had barely any friends. I was very much a quiet, secluded kid and just wanted to be a teacher's pet and just not get into any trouble. Um, but I was kept behind for a few minutes after school I'm not sure why and our house was across the road from the school it was just a few meters from the school entrance so mum would let us just walk down the street it was you know it was the early 90s there was no real trouble back then with letting your kids cross the road to school by themselves um yeah and I just remember coming out of the school I remember the feeling of my school bag on my back thumping because I was stomping I was quite grumpy I was in a bad mood didn't want to be held back getting annoyed going home and I just remember looking down at my feet and stomping the ground and my school bag just banging into my back as I was stomping and I remember being annoyed about the teacher or something and I glanced up to cross the road there were no cars coming I looked back down at my feet after I'd crossed the road and I could show on a map exactly where this is where this happened so I had just crossed the road I had my face down looking at my feet stomping the concrete path and in the midst of all this, I'm grumpy, school's annoying, this teacher's annoying, whatever, I felt an electrical jolt into the top of my head. Something just, it's like an electric shock into the top of my head. I instantly stopped looking at my feet. My head turned up and to the left. It was almost like it was directed by an electrical current to just turn up and left. And in my mind's eye, at least, I could see a small alien being standing this is in the daylight this is afternoon this is bright sunny day no traffic around no people around no neighbors outside the gates this was just a secluded weird it almost felt like a ghost town nobody was on the street at the time that this happened um and I again I can't say that this was something that was physically there but I felt this physical sensation in my mind an electrical shock in the top of my head I turned I looked and I could see um, what I thought was an alien being standing in these bushes outside somebody's house. This sounds absolutely bizarre, but this is just what I'm relaying, what I can remember experiencing. I then felt a strange sensation. I, I was being pulled towards it as though I was floating. I must have been walking, but I didn't feel my feet on the ground anymore. I remember the, I remember thinking I can't feel my feet on the ground. I remember the feeling of not feeling my feet on the ground. And I was moving towards this being, um, almost felt as if I was floating, but I was still ground level. I just, I just remember thinking, well, I can't feel my feet on the ground. I couldn't feel myself taking steps. I just felt pulled towards it. I can't explain it any better than that. Um, 
And suddenly I was face to face with this being. Now I was five years old. It was a little bit taller than me, but not a lot taller than me. It definitely wasn't, you know, adult sized. And I remember having this conflicting feeling of absolute terror looking into these eyes. It's a typical gray alien figure, but it wasn't gray. It was more of like a a tannish kind of a beigey color, like a, yeah, I'm not sure how, like a tannish beigey color. It wasn't gray, Uh, but the typical big black eyes. And I just remember staring into this black void of eyes and feeling absolute terror because I was about a foot in front of it at this point. Um, I was standing staring at it. It was standing staring at me. Now, again, this is all probably just my wild, crazy child imagination. But at the time, this felt very, very real. Um, staring into these eyes, absolutely terrified, but also amazed, um, in awe, um, excited, wondering what to expect. Just no thoughts came into my mind of words, no words at all. I wasn't thinking, what is this? I'm scared. I just had all these emotions that I remember so vividly. The emotion was so real. The visuals in my mind were so real. Um, but no words. I, I just stopped thinking about being grumpy at school and stopped thinking about the teacher. All of this that was happening now was visual and emotional. There was no, yeah, there was no train of thought in my mind. Um, staring into this face and the face staring back at me. And again, this weird occurrence of it reached out and touched my wrist. When it touched my wrist, again, I felt, now I don't know if this happened before or after the whole bedroom incident, but the feeling of this coolness of its skin touching my skin and I remember internally flinching but I didn't pull my hand away like I wanted to internally I felt the want to do that but I didn't my physically remained calm internally I was absolutely terrified Um, I didn't want this to be happening and I just remember it touched my wrist and suddenly an exchange happened in my mind I was given a lot of images too quickly to remember and I felt like something was being taken from my thoughts and that something was being given to my mind and I can't explain what because it happened too quickly it was like an explosion of information transferred either taken and given at the same time or shared or exchanged I can't really explain it as a kid it was too much for my small mind to comprehend but that's just what it felt like and I was given at the end of whatever was being happening um I was given a view of a scene in my mind I could see it was an otherworldly view it was a very interesting view I could see a horizon I was unfamiliar with it seemed like a different planet it seemed like peaks and crevices almost like pillars kind of like termite mounds and the grand canyon (laughs) like as a kid that that's just uh, termite mounds and the grand canyon is the closest thing I could relate it to but different colors this weird landscape and I could see in the background in the sky other planets or a moon like very very close to this planet that I was seeing this vision from and I could see an illuminated craft making its way floating through these crevices on this planet and that's just the weirdest I don't know how that came to me I don't know what that's about I hadn't seen it in a movie or read it in a book. It just came to me. I felt a very pleasant sensation seeing this and I felt grateful to have been shown this. And all in this moment that I saw this vision and felt somewhat kind of satisfied and grateful, it was over. I came to my senses. I found myself standing in the garden 
in somebody's front yard space outside their gate in their shrubbery in their bushes in their garden and I suddenly felt very very embarrassed and awkward that I'm standing in somebody's property what am I doing here I quickly looked around and felt flushed in my face embarrassed why am I standing here has anybody seen me standing here what am I doing here this is embarrassing and I quickly hurried home all of this left my mind suddenly and I'm rushing home feeling hot flushed and prickly and really scared and my hair standing up on the back of my neck and I was really antsy and my hands are shaking and then suddenly the visions kind of came back in my mind I saw the face I saw the eyes and I got really really terrified and I just made it to my gate which was only a few steps away and I pushed through the gate and my mum's kind of expecting me because I'm not usually late and I opened my mouth and I looked at her face and I went to say mum I just saw this and something stopped me and something said in the back of my mind now is not the time and instantly I just stopped. I couldn't form the words. I couldn't tell her. I wanted to tell her. And I just said, don't worry about it, nothing. And I got flustered and frustrated and I left it at that. Sometime later, either the same day or a couple of days ago, uh, days later, I told my friend Beck, <laughs> the same one from all these stories, um, I told Beck, Beck, I saw an alien come and help me find it. <laughs> And it was our child mission to go look through the bushes and find this alien. And, yeah, that was just, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's probably a daydream. It was probably just imagination. It's just not something I would typically ever think of or like to think about. It's not something that I was really aware of aliens. I didn't even use the word alien in the time it was happening. I didn't think that's what this was till I... I wondered and questioned and, I don't know, the word alien came up when I said to Beck, um, I said, Beck, I saw an alien, help me find it. Obviously <laughs> and, um, no success. I just, I had to prove to her. Sorry? Obviously didn't know success. Oh, yeah, no success. Yeah, she remembers <laughs> me telling her this and she remembers that I was very, very determined to show her and that this was real and that, you know, please come and help me find it. You're my best friend. Come and help me, like, find this alien. And, um. Yeah, just that didn't happen, obviously. But I actually didn't tell my mum about that until my mid-20s. And we were sitting together having a conversation about her experiences from childhood. Um, and it, she was relaying to me an abduction case that she um, thinks happened. Um, and it just came into my mind. And I went, you know what? Uh, probably not. But did I possibly see an alien? Uh, let me tell you this. And, yeah, that's that's when she said, hey, I remember the, the curtains in the room happening and you said something happened there. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely can't say that that happened. It was just I remember the feeling of this happened. I remember in my mind now explaining it. I can see it in my mind as though it was real. But from an outsider's perspective, I've tried to kind of zoom out and think if anybody else was on the street and somebody happened to be there when this odd child's crossing the road, what would have happened? What would they have seen? Would they have seen a kid in a daydream stumbling around going up to someone's front gate? Probably. Would they have seen an alien in the bushes? Probably not. Was there one and they couldn't see it? Maybe. Was I just imagining it? Probably. So it's just something that's just always stuck in my mind as a very significant memory of a vision that I had. <laughs> yeah, I was sort yeah. of going to ask, like, do you sort of recall any sort of like missing time? Like, if, if you took note of the time that when that sort of experience happened with seeing the the alien in the garden at all like if it could have been like you know maybe five minutes worth or if it was maybe an instant sort of i don't thing. know 
all I know is that my mum was wondering where I was because our school was, like I said, it was probably, if I check on a map, no more than, oh, I mean, I have to check on a map to be sure, but honestly, it was about 10 houses down the street. Like it was not far. It would have taken a couple of minutes to walk to and from school. Um, she didn't even meet us at the at the school to walk us home. Like it was very close. Even being five years old, she had no trouble with um, me coming home. And I just remember as I came through the gate, she was at the door just almost coming out looking for me, expecting like, where are you? And she seemed a bit annoyed or worried or concerned that I had taken the amount of time that I had. And I just remember the look on her face about to question me and then she must have seen the look on my face and then as I tried to tell her my explanation for being late or what just happened, it just something just said just not a good time to tell her just now's not the time and I just left it that so I can't remember even the conversation that followed that if she said how long I'd been or asked where I'd been for so long I don't remember I just that was it <laughs> yeah I was certainly gonna go suggest that like maybe she already had an idea something happened when she just sort of looked at your face and like sort of might have a realization or something might have given an indication I don't that know. something happened maybe but didn't question because like she already got might have some sort of like you know your mother's got some sort of abilities there. She might have been able to tap into something. I maybe. wish I'd asked her. I wish I'd asked her even later, years later, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that you sort of wish you had just, quite, questions know. and answers for. <laughs> it's um, frustrating, but, yeah. Um, I've got Jane just uh, popped yeah. in the comments there now. Like, would you try hypnosis to try and, um, try and <laughs> figure it out? Maybe, I don't know, if you want to try and dive into that sort of now <laughs> with all the paranormal stuff i've discussed and going on about how blessed and excited i am to have this in my life honestly i feel like a bit of a coward saying this i don't think i could face that if it was real <laughs> aliens is the one thing that really in the back of my mind has just really really thrown me since all the UFO experiences, the one that mum that responded to my mum talking and all of that stuff. Since then, I was so terrified at that time that honestly, I just don't think I would want to face that being real if it was. I, I like to keep, you know, in my mind, I imagined it. In my mind, you know, is there a one in a billion percent chance that it could have happened? Maybe, but do I want to? go into that and think of it as a reality not really <laughs> yeah not really it would be sort of scary like and especially if like the hypnosis doesn't really do the job properly where they're sort of leading you into something that yeah you, that didn't happen. i wouldn't want it to be anything worse because yeah. i mean as i hear what i just described it sounds like a pleasant enough experience oh a kid went for a walk saw a little being in a bush and got a pretty picture in my head I was terrified seeing that face in front of me. I was terrified feeling something touch my wrist, even if I created it in my mind and I imagined the feeling. That was absolutely terrifying. Me now trying to visualise that face again in my mind and the depth of those black void eyes absolutely terrified me. Um, yeah, I just – now I think, it, oh, it's kind of cool if that was real, yay. But no, some deep-seated part of me will always find that too much for my mere little human mind to comprehend <laughs> i just can't i can't deal with that <laughs> yeah look honestly no. i think these were um actual probably 
genuine experiences there. Um, like Bex in the comments there saying that she remembers you telling her about it and um, that she, I think she's saying she like she closed her eyes and touched you and she was actually even able to sort of connect and uh, relive your experience a little bit of what you what you saw in those visions. And um, I remember her being scared from what I told her. Yeah, so unless like that's yeah. probably scared after that, that moment, I'm not sure. That's probably something you guys can discuss afterwards. But um, yeah, she's um, saying yeah, like, I'm going to ask like, her again about it. Warm tops and um, that uh, your mum was against it because it was very easy to be given false information, and she thought couldn't be trusted. I think they might be referring to the hypnosis. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, with the hypnosis, yeah, she is. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, I think that's very. <laughs> very scary either way like especially for a young child and like even though yeah like yeah. Saying, you know we imagine things as a kid and we can um you know uh our mind can create things but i think there's some things there are just too realistic and especially if your mother's like come in especially when these curtains are up in the air and you know it sort of throws in a lot more credibility to the whole experience that something has happened so, I mean, the UFO and potential abduction experiences that she shared with me absolutely terrified me. She told me stuff that she remembers as a kid um, and it just it really, really creeped me out. She didn't mention any, you know, beings, but the craft that she described to me and the feelings and emotions that came with it and what actually happened with her and the craft, that scared me. Her emotions scared me. Um, her retelling me scared me she actually regressed into a child and when she was telling me it's like she became that child her voice and emotion and the look on her face it was a very very unpleasant and uncomfortable experience for me as a 20 something year old to see my adult mother in front of me who I've known all my life as a parent regress into a small child in front of me and her voice retelling it and the emotions that came with it absolutely terrified me. Um, she was like in a trance as she told me. She was reliving the experience. And when she came out of it, in the same sentence, the same conversation, she had no idea she'd just told me, <laughs> which scared oh, me wow. more. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, creepy. what? <laughs> I mean, I could save that for another time. But, yeah, I was like, what? And she's like, what? I said, you just, that? You just said, no, I didn't. What? I'm like, okay, that's scary. Yep, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Okay, news to me. <laughs> yeah, her childhood stuff, UFO stuff really creeped me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still think there's something weird going on with your family or whatever it is. It's, um, <laughs> it's I don't know if, yeah, if it's one thing to be jealous of yeah. or sort of be sort of um, hesitant of wanting to be honest. Like obviously um, you obviously haven't had any real bad encounters, you know, to say as such that you're aware of. You know, yeah. But... I mean, real, you know, real safe and well and nothing. Yeah. Nothing really came between us or happened. You know, we had a great life for the, for the most part. Um, yeah. I just, I, I don't see any negativity that came out of these side of things at all. This side of our life was, I still consider a blessing. I'm, I'm sure my mum and Justine do as well, but um, yeah, the whole alien thing, if if that side of anything of this is real, yeah, everybody else can keep that. I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it sort of makes yeah. you wonder, like, especially like when you're saying like that alien or a creature was in your room there, and you, before your mum came in, and I'm trying to like figure out like what happens 
there, like, because, uh, you know, there's theories there, like, they're an interdimensional being, and it's like, well, how can they sort of, like, just disappear in an instant, mm. you know, and whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it's done to sort of get away has made, like, a bit of a distortion in the room to make those curtains fly up into the air like they did. And, like, were, were they sort of, like, floating there or sitting there, like, stiff, and as like as if it was like leaning on something, or is it sort of like as if it's gone flown up? If, if you I just, or... yeah. When I opened my eyes and looked up, I, it just looked like they were level with the ceiling above me. They were just flat out. They weren't waving in a breeze. They were just, oh, it's giving me the heebies because yeah. I'm I'm actually sitting on my bed now yeah. beside a window with curtains. <laughs> I'm reliving this. I'm kind of half expecting these cats to just do it again now. I'm like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm looking up from my own ceiling, reimagining it, and I'm like, oh, this is too much. Yeah, it just, they were just stuck straight up, almost not touching the ceiling, not flat against the ceiling, but horizontal with the ceiling. Yeah. At ceiling height. They were just up and flat and outstretched above my head. It was just weird. <laughs> yeah, strange. I'm trying to work yeah. out like what can be creating something. Like obviously, that whatever he's done to get away has created that effect for that sort of motion to happen. And it's like, well, what is that? No, itself? please tell me this is my imagination. There wasn't actually yeah. something. In my but the fact that your mother saw it as well, and it's like, going, well, okay, this is a bit weird. But what if I just walked into the kind of thing? It's yeah. like, and you know, obviously, she's yeah. trying to work out the logic behind it as well. You know, you're saying the windows not open and. Yeah, you can create that. Yeah. You're like you're not going to be climbing out of bed there, throwing the, the curtains up to the roof. Not that you, I think you, yeah. you wouldn't be able, even be able to half attempt that, going by the weight of them. But you know, yeah, no. I'm trying to work it out. What can create something yeah. like that? And uh, yeah, I know. I'm hoping someone there can have a bit of an answer to it and a bit of a theory, maybe to try and work <laughs> it out. Because there's something. There's just just that whole aspect of these things that can just disappear in an instant, you know, without in the blink of an eye. And well, that's why you know, that's like why I also out. lean towards you no know, imagination can do wondrous things. Um, the curtains that happened, you know, there was my mum saw it, I saw it. The curtains happened. That was a physical thing. Um, little being in the room, did I just imagine that? And I got scared enough that the curtains moved from my anxiety. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying to wonder too here as well now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just, just really not sure about any of that sort of stuff, but. Just thought I'd share it anyway. Just another, you know, drop in the bucket of weird stuff from my side of life. So <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. And look, um, before we end the show up here, like, if anyone's listening here, got some questions here quickly before we finish it up, um, quickly throw them in the comments there so we can get it in. Otherwise, um, but I think we'll be looking towards the, end of the show there because, um, yeah, look, the it's absolutely been great having you on here tonight. Um, just reliving through your experiences there, and, and like, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling even to try and think or even fathom what your family has gone through, even trying to understand them, you know, like there's just too much there. There's too many questions and not enough answers. Yeah. And I'm hoping that someday we will get some sort of idea and, or at least in my lifetime, I hope I go like, hey, I remember that conversation and they had this weird thing happen there and like someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, this is how it works. It's like, okay, that's a really weird concept, but okay, yeah, that's how it works. You know, that's what I want someday is like, yeah, be able to have an explanation yeah. of all this weird shit that keeps going around this world. <laughs> and I yeah, know, I would love to know. Part. I'd love yeah. to know. For me, that's frustrating. And then the other part is obviously we don't want the truth to be out there. You know, the people are having these experiences. They're yeah. much like yourself um, and your family. And um, just everyone in general seems to be having some sort of weird 
experiences and it's all worldwide you know people are having this similar experiences and it's not just some mm-hmm. big you know um uh prank on the world's you know they're not getting together having a big prank and joke on the world going ha ha well you guys believed us because you're all dumbasses or something like you know you got there's too many yeah. people that just don't know each other from a bar of soap you know and they're having similar experiences there so it's it's not just a coincidence you know it's a genuine fact that something is weird happening out there too much paranormal stuff too much cryptid sort of stuff ufos whatever you want to sort of call it there's something out there we just do not understand and there's big ass cover-up and it just makes you wonder why we have that sort of cover up, why there needs to be that control mm-hmm. of what what people are experiencing, why it has to be, you know, why can't we live alongside it, you know, to try and maybe it could be beneficial to the world or like humans in general or something like that, I don't know. But I sort of feel like we need yeah. to have that, that um, I don't know what, how you'd call it, you know, but we need to have that. I'm trying to think how I'm going to call this now. Uh, disclosure, I suppose, on like what this whole side of this aspect is. You know, what is it? <laughs> I want to yeah, know. exactly. So yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's confusing and it's frustrating. Just tell us the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think if it was that bad of a thing, yeah, if it was that bad of a thing, it, it would have been much worse by now as an overall. You know what I mean? Like. It, if it was something really bad and it was something that's, you know, dangerous to mankind or something, like surely they would have gotten on with it by now. I just think if it's something positive, it could just be on hold because we're not ready yet and we're just not as developed yet as they'd like us to be or yeah. I don't know. Well, that's the other thing too. Like we could not, we might not be spiritually connected or strong enough yet because I think I was, what was I listening to there somewhere? I think there's another podcast or another um, channel or something like that saying that they had pity on humans because we haven't connected to that side of things yet where we have the abilities to be able to sort of heal ourselves and the vibrations and whatnot. And, you know, we we're, we have the abilities that they have, but we haven't unlocked it yet because we're too, uh, I suppose we're too um, not spiritually connected, you know. I'm trying to think of what, how you word that now. Yeah. We're not attuned to the what we're, we're, um, abilities actually are. We're too dedicated to technology and science and stuff like that. And like, I suppose back in the old days, mm-hmm. we were very focused on uh, straight and narrow. You know, religious, religion was your path of, you know, that's how you follow that down there and you stray apart and then, you know, God's going to punish you or something. Like, you know, we were very attuned to a controlling system such as religions. And it wasn't, it's not till like to these days today that we're sort of breaking away from the control from religions, you know, governments were controlling us majorly back in like the last 40, 50 odd years. And we're sort of starting to break away from the governments now, you know, things that people are starting to question things more. And it's like this new sort of generation that's coming through. They're open to everything. Like they, they sort of, they hate the old ways, but like a, a creating a new way. Whereas like, I suppose us, our generation, we're sort of like, we still appreciate the traditions, but we're still open to the new world sort of thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm rambling a little bit here, but, you know. Yeah. No, like, no, no one rambles more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like the, the, our future is becoming a lot more open, you know. It's it's getting to the point there where things just can't be hidden anymore. And obviously our new gen- our generation is hope, or I hope our generation 
will sort of grasp the truth of what's been happening in behind governments and such and sort of release yeah. it because we're trying to pursue it. And obviously the generation after us, you know, what are they, ZY or something? I don't know. What's the new generation they call these days? Anyway, our children, basically. Hopefully our children will be the generation that will bring forth the whole truth and pursue everything that can continue that on to go and say, look, these were our abilities. We um, we all combine and work as one. You know, peace is where love and peace is where it's all at, and the you know sort of creates a world, not a world order, but you know creates a world of um, world paradise where it's the um, what's that uh, word now? Where like it's a peaceful world, you know, everything's all in harmony or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of it now, my mom but... used to always um my mom used to always just say you know if i could just put one wish out there you know before my time is up in this world i would love for us all together in the streets united and look up and they're all coming down and that's it you know it's it's time to just get on with it and she just used to laugh and say that you know if if we could all just go outside together and we could all just look up and it, you know there's no denying it anymore and the world's ready and she said i wish i could see that in my time so yeah that's it. you know <laughs> good yeah. luck with that mom that's it <laughs> but yeah. uh and thank you, to, uh, Caleb. That's the one I was Utopia. That's what I'm after, Utopia. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, I don't think we've got any, more, any questions coming through. So, look, I think we'll finish it here. So, look, um, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, and Justine, it was um, great having you both on here talking and just having a great chat about your experiences. It's absolutely fantastic having you back on here again. Um, it's absolutely wonderful. I can't really um, express my thanks for enough of coming back on again. Because it just um it's just absolutely wonderful. Oh yeah, well, same. Likewise, it's it's um super. It's really really fun and um exciting to just share with you know like minded people, anyone who's interested in this. Like I said, I, I love telling it. I love someone wanting to hear it and you know excited and asking questions. Um, it really is my favorite part of existence, I guess. And um yeah, it's just something I like to keep alive. So <laughs> thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, no worries at all. With that um. It's just um, what I'm here for, you know. I'm hoping to try and bring out the truth and the realization that these things do exist, you know. As I was mentioned before, like things are happening around the world, and um, yeah, uh, hopefully, it just gets rid of that stigma as well. It's attached to the whole thing as well, you know. It's um, the truth's got to come out at some point there, and people got to understand that's what's what's actually there. <laughs> as much as we like to sort of like you know, yeah, keep hopefully, our, <laughs> keep our feet grounded, you know, like to what's in reality in our own eyes, but. There's something happening in the shadows. So, but yeah, look, again, thank you very much for coming on and, um, yeah, I'll keep in touch. And obviously, if you, um, you and your sister no. keep experiencing some weird things, I'll be hitting you straight back up to come <laughs> back on here and tell you about your story. So, <laughs> I hope you're yeah, for that. sure. Ready for it. <laughs> All right. Cheers. All right. Thank you very much. And I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah. And that will do it, folks, for this episode of Encounters Down Under. I hope you enjoyed the show, and remember, you can also get involved in the show by joining the Facebook page and getting in on the live streams. Also, please be sure to share with your friends and family to help us grow and potentially find our next guest on the show. If you or you know someone who has had an encounter, please get in touch with me through our Facebook page via Messenger or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. I look forward to seeing you on the next encounter down under. Hooroo!